0: If we would turn to Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to read the first uh, six verses. Hear the word of God. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Father, may we understand this, your precious word now. Prepare us to come to your table, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it would be hard to read those verses in, uh, verses 4 through 6 uh, and not uh, kind of see what the key word might be. In one sentence there, basically, uh, it, it's broken up in three verses, but in one sentence, the word one is used seven times. William Barclay in his commentary said, The oneness of the church is essential for the work of Christ. That does not need to be a mechanical oneness of administration and of human organization. But it does need to be a oneness founded on a common love of the Lord Jesus Christ and of every part of his body for one another. So we'll be looking just really briefly here uh, at these ones. But these doctrines, even though these are short, this is a short verse, these doctrines, these truths are necessary for us to know. And they're necessary for us to acknowledge together Uh, To have a true unity in this body. Doctrine is important. And these are foundational for us to dwell in unity. So these three verses are basically a declaration of what we are as a church and what we believe. What we believe about the Trinity, what we believe about our salvation. And it's similar in some ways to when we affirm through the Apostles' Creed what we believe. So right before I start these, I found this little poem. And I'm sorry, I can't attribute it to somebody because I didn't write it down. I forgot who it was, but it's very short. And it says, to dwell above with saints we love. Oh, that will be glory. But to dwell below with saints we know. Well, that's another story. (laughs) And you know what he means. That yes, it is a challenge. We're sinful. It impacts how we relate. But we are growing by the grace of God and learning how to love each other and preparing, in a sense, for loving each other even more in heaven. So first of all, it says, there is one body and one spirit. Romans twelve five says, we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. 1 Corinthians 12 says, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink of one spirit. Every member of this body who has been regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit is indwelled by the same spirit, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of grace. And he is the one who he makes us one in Christ. And the Holy Spirit helps us to walk in unity, which is impossible to do outside of his power. We cannot do that without him. Our Lord Jesus said in John chapter 14, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and will be in you. Well secondly, we are called in one hope. We have one hope of our calling. In uh, this Chapter, chapter 4, the first verse says that we are called to walk in a manner worthy of our calling as his children, as his servants as fellow members of the body of Christ and this calling must be lived out in, in hope we should be always walking in hope in the one Lord that we serve now we all have one hope in our eternal life he alone gives eternal life he alone is our hope for eternal life and for our eternal home which he promised us and he made possible for us by his dying for us on the cross. So we hope in Christ and we hope for heaven. In 1 John 3, it says, Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Romans 15.13 I often pray for myself and you all. I've shared this number of times. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are meant to abound in it. I just have a little bit. We are to abound in hope in the Holy Spirit. We are called to one hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of the Spirit we can abound in hope. Well third. We have one Lord. We serve one Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. We cannot serve God and mammon. We cannot serve two masters. Matthew 6 says, No one can serve, the Lord said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So we are united by our love of the Lord Jesus. We are united by our loyalty to him, our commitment to him. To our only Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then, fourth, we have one faith. We are united by one faith. We are saved. We are justified by faith alone in Christ alone. There is only one good news, there's one gospel. In Jude chapter 3, Jude wrote Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. We are called to contend for that faith that, we, that unites us. And may we contend, brothers and sisters, together for our one faith, which is found in his living word. James Boyce said this, We believe that God Almighty sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to become like us and die for our salvation. And it is through faith in His work, not in anything that we have done or can do, but in His work of dying for us that we are saved. That one gospel joins Christian people across all barriers of time, nationality, race, sex, and anything else we can imagine. If we have one faith then we ought to be able to stand shoulder to shoulder before the world and give united testimony to God's saving work in Jesus Christ. And then we have one baptism. One baptism of the Holy Spirit that unites us in Christ, as I've already read, 1 Corinthians 12. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greek, slaves or free. We have all been made to drink of one spirit. Galatians 3 echoes this. For you are all sons of God through faith, In Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And then lastly, it says, There is one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all, or in in us all. So he is above all. He is the sovereign, Almighty God. He is transcendent, beyond our comprehension, and yet lovingly imminent. And everything and every one is under Him. First Corinthians eight, verse six: For there is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we are for Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. And then it says He is through all. In other words, He is omnipotent in His works. in in all things, according to the counsel of his will. And he sustains his creation. This is a little more of a general expression than what is next when it says, and he is in you all, he is in us all in his church. He is in us all, he is in his people through his spirit. He indwells us and we have union as a body in him through his spirit. And as we have been reminded of our oneness in all of these things, we are reminded again of, our, again of our unity and our oneness in the Lord Jesus, in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's partake now of these symbols which remind us of the great cost of this unity that he has made possible, this oneness that we have, that the Lord Jesus suffered for us to make that possible. And he bore the punishment that we deserved, and he made us members of his spiritual body. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, what a joy to be one in you, to be part of your body and to be united in you by your spirit and by these truths from your word, which we have, these doctrines which unite us. May we indeed with one mind and one mouth glorify you and with one heart, Lord, praise you and with one will serve you. Oh, Lord, fill us with your spirit that we might walk in even more joyful unity together. For we ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.